So some of the worst things that you think that are like, you know, questioning God, why did this happen to me? Turn out to be the best things that happened. Like, dang, thank you for not letting me get that position or, or, um, or failing at that because it, it opened the door to this. I mean, it, it just, I just always think that way, you know, so. Welcome everybody to the Bliss Seekers Podcast. Our podcast was created to inspire people to find their true purpose and follow their bliss. Make sure you check us out on Instagram at Bliss Seekers. Make sure you check us out on YouTube at The Bliss Seekers. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Thank you so much and enjoy the show. All right, welcome everybody back to The Bliss Seekers Podcast. Uh, today we have a special guest. He has 14 years as an elementary school teacher. He uh, was the union rep at every school site he's ever been to. He's the NEA national delegate, uh, California teaching state delegate, CTA PAC committee member, elected entire Los Angeles, former vice chair, CTA Hispanic caucus, caucus, UTLA, which stands for United Teachers Los Angeles Charter School Organizing Committee member, parent community organizing community San Fernando Valley, wrote the plan and named the school the SMART Academy, stands for Science math and art former president of pacoima neighborhood council chair of education for community pnc and vice chair of the pta they used to call him big mike g in the east bay welcome to the podcast mike gonzalez how's it going pretty good good to be here we we go way back you know i mean like like family so yeah that's very true um i grew up with uh mike's cousin yeah. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Daniel. Uh, mm-hmm. We were friends since we were twelve. Best friends. <laughs> back then, right? We were we were really good friends back then. Best friends since we were twelve, and that's where I met Mike. Right. So, right. Um, again, welcome to the podcast. And uh, so, you're recently back in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Um, how long have you been back in the Bay Area? Uh, I would say March. March. Because of. Um you know, COVID pandemic, virtual teaching. So the plan was always to come back to the Bay Area. My, my dream was uh, to come back, but I wanted to come back with something. Yeah. Um, so I sold my house and then was planning on com- coming back. And so, you know, everything just worked out, you know, my whole life I would, you know, describe as my life written out. Like there's so many people that came in my life, you know, I'm mean, very thankful that they came in my life and just life was planned out and like great things happened, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, that's awesome. It's funny because I came back to the Bay Area too in 2008, but it wasn't really planned. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but we're both back here in the Bay. Uh, but tell us a little bit about that, about growing up. Uh, you know, tell us a little bit about your upbringing. I know you grew up in Union City. Okay, um, but, but first, uh, when I when I'm coming back, um, you know, this is election year. Um, I want to always wanted to come back as uh, run for the New Haven School Board. Uh, and so I'm doing that now, and I'm collecting all these endorsements. Um, I, I just want to tell you a quick, quick story. Uh, last night I endorsed for the Alameda County um, Labor Council, and oh, uh, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, and so they had, and it was the other candidate. I'm taking on an incumbent. She's already um, on the school board, and uh, this is for Area Three. Um, but when they did the intros. Um, I knew it was union because that because we you know Union City we we union folks and so um, and that's something I pride myself and so how I introduce myself is um, you know Mike Gonzalez uh, lifelong educator unionist activist fighting for social justice and then I held up a picture a very special picture of mine um, it's both my grandmothers holding up a picket sign oh, on wow. strike uh, my brother and sister are there and then my mom took the picture. And uh, so 1976, 
Hunts Cannery, Hayward, California. My both my grandparents were on strike, and my mom was on strike too, pregnant with me. So I, you know, I was raised on the picket line. So I introduced myself like that to the to the <laughs> union. You know, I mean, they was like, you know, and so caught her. I, I like really annihilated her when on the interview, killed every single question. Just <laughs> you know, I mean, because I could speak truth to power because I lived it. Yeah. Um, in my and I'll talk about my experience in L.A. Had a mer- amazing uh, career in L.A. Um, but getting back to where I grew up, Union City. Um, Wait, so real quick. So yeah. your your mom was picketing, basically. On strike. On yeah. strike. Basically kind of fighting for the same types of values that you're yes, fighting for now. Absolutely. Did absolutely. you know about that growing up? Um, I knew about the pitch. You know, and that's another story, too, about the picture. I said, Mom, you got, when I ran for this ABC committee, it's a statewide. 800 delegates, you have to vote for you. And so... Uh, and it's all through all across California, you know, so oh. I got to get them to vote for me. And so I was like, mom, you got to find that picture. It's, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. grandma and grandpa, you know, Valerie and Ralph, you know, if I have that picture, you know, what I mean, like that's going to give me so much credibility. Yeah. You know, what I mean, and teaching's a, a matriarchal profession. And so um, not that I'm trying to was trying to cater to the women, but, you know, I mean, they have the union and, you know, feminists. And it, it was in that weekend was the women's march mm. and so you know made it all work out and she found it you know what i mean yeah. and then and then i and then i'm looking at the picture and my mom goes you were there too michael i was like, what and she goes i was pregnant with you you know when i took that picture and of course pregnant women don't want to take a picture to be in the picture you know what i mean yeah. big pregnant and so she didn't that's why she didn't take the picture or get in the picture um you know I'm embarrassed about her weight but um yeah, would have but it, it would have been even better if she was in the picture. But um, mm-hmm. you know, I still got the story, still got yeah. that picture. My both my grandmothers, I'm very proud of Carmen and Helen. Um, yeah, so that's that's my story. You know, wow. what I mean? so. Yeah. And, and by the way, as you guys know, this is the Bliss Seekers podcast. We always try to find people that are following their purpose or living their purpose and following their bliss. And I've known Mike for the longest time, and he's always been very, very passionate about education and about you know politicizing and and helping good causes and now you're learning that you were already picketing mm-hmm. in the womb so you've been doing this since the womb yeah that's pretty cool <laughs> that's awesome well let's go back to to your upbringing uh in the east bay um yeah so union city my very first school where i started uh, i was a teacher assistant you know i met some of my colleagues this is east la um eastman avenue um elementary school and so i met people and they asked me where i'm from this one guy asked me i said union city and he goes dakota and then oh, i go wow. yeah you know you know you know you know my neighborhood and so uh you know there's no uh union city without dakota it's a historical area they incorporated um alvarado and dakota together um so it gives me a lot of pride um union city to being from union city um and people know it you know i mean i, I can tell you stories uh, my ex-girlfriend um, from Pacoima, her um, her cousin, you know, she has some, she has some, she was an educator, but her cousins were were uh, gangsters, and so she had a um, cousin who um, just got a jail. He, you know, he did like 25 years, and everybody called him the boss, and he was um, he was the um, shot caller for Nuestra Familia. No, oh, not wow. Nuestra. I'm sorry, Lame. You oh, know what I mean? Is that so, Bay Area? No. Uh, uh, so Norteños and Sureños. And so for the Sureños, he was um, the shot caller in, in prison for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I happened to, uh, we, we caught up with him. And I introduced him. I said, Yin City. And he goes, again, Dakota? Yeah, oh, I know wow. you guys. You yeah. know what I mean? So, um, 
uh, yeah, the, you know, I mean, Yin City is um, is gangster. You know, I mean, it, it, they people have been put in work. Uh, we we you know, I can tell you stories about uh, Yin City. So, like the church I grew up, Our Lady of the Rosary, um, the chief of police was assassinated there. Um, oh, wow. in church why it's what's going on oh man you know and Place so worship they got yeah you know what i mean like a movie, yeah actually. so like you know how where does that happen you know what i mean you know and yeah so uh in the park i grew up across the street too his name william can named after that um chief of police who was assassinated oh, so wow. in Wait, church what year was this this is 74 okay yeah 74 so. wow even in the 70s that's a big deal right right so um yeah so my parents from the Dakota side, grandparents came in the uh, 50s. And so my grandpa, Jose Bracero program, and um, had a couple of houses around Yen City. That, you know, they moved around. And uh, each house, uh, you can drive around. And uh, my grandpa did his brick, you know, entire house front, front is brick. And, you know, that was his thing. But he was a, uh, he worked for the steel mill, uh, U.S. steel mill. What is the Bracero program? Uh, Bracero program during World War II, we needed uh, labor. Um, and so, you know, a lot of men overseas fighting in the war. And so we had a shortage of, uh, labor. And so that was a contract between the United States and Mexico to bring in, uh, laborers to come in. And so, oh, wow. um, yeah, my, my grandfather started off working in the fields, um, mm -hmm. both, actually both of his brothers and, um, nephews were able to get on that program, but my grandfather stayed. So, wow. yeah. And met my grandmother. How many years have you guys been there, your family? How many years? In your new city? Um, since the 50s. Since the 50s. Ninth Street. And then my mom came in the 60s. Hmm. Yeah. From where? 13th Street. Um, so my the other side of me is uh, my mom's Okies from Oklahoma during the Depression. They came over here. They came to the uh, Imperial Valley picking cotton. And then they made their way to Richmond. And so and they worked in the, um, well, only, we only had like actually one aunt who worked in the um, Richmond Shipyard, that's where Rosie the Riveter, and so during World War II, they were uh, doing riveting, working on uh, building ships, battleships um, in in Richmond, and so that's where my family settled. They love that nice, fresh, cool Bay Breeze, you know. <laughs> yeah. so, Bay Breeze. Bay Breeze. Yeah. But tell us about your family then. Uh, I know you have a, a decent-sized family, brothers, sisters. Um, yeah, so I'm the baby in my family. Um, older sister is a teacher in San Jose. Okay. So um, education's big in your family. Education. My mom worked for Head Start and okay. then did daycare. Okay. Um, kind of like Daniel's mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. What and, is it about daycare and the women yeah, in your family? <laughs> and then actually the other two sisters are were um, paraprofessionals. And so they worked for in, in Union City um, okay. for the district. My aunt's retired and my other aunt's still working, almost retired. So yeah. okay. we, so you, we got that. And then um, other two uncles were... Um, firefighters my dad's side my my father um went to vietnam he was in the air force fought okay. fought there thank you for uh, your service yeah Mr. and then he did he did 25 years in the um army reserves okay got that so. so long time military man yeah but the army reserves is like a week and a month so it was, okay his main uh, nine to five was we worked at the um it's for uh, aluminum cans. It was um, he's, he's recycling a center. No, <laughs> no, oh. uh, making cans. So it was, it was steel oh, worker. Okay. He was a steel okay, worker. Okay, gotcha. And uh, he was 25 years um, a, worked at that uh, factory, and they closed it actually. And uh, but he was able to get a pension out there. You know, 25 okay. years, um, and then worked a couple of other odd jobs. But he was a um, union rep there, and he was on the negotiation team. He was on uh, grievance. He was on strike three times. 
Wow. Yeah, so heavy heavy in the union, so I got that background. So both of your parents yeah. were union yeah. strikers, right. like very fighting for people's rights. And, mm-hmm. and that was my intention. Like, I wanted a union job in high school. Like, mm-hmm. I never took planned to go to college, SAT, so I could forget that. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I want a union job, you know, some good pay, good benefits. You know, yeah. So. So, so speaking of that, when did you kind of transition into, like, the education? Because I know you're very passionate about education. Ever since I've known you. And you started to decide about your career. How did that happen? Okay, so getting back to uh, union job, getting a union job, getting yeah. a good paid job is uh, it never happened when I got out of high school. Barely got through, skin of my teeth, and uh, <laughs> Don't worry, I'm right got here. crappy job after crappy job. And I see who was advancing, who you know, mm-hmm. people with education. You know, they got a degree, they got an AA, and um, so I never got that union job. Never got a good job. So I was like, you know what? I don't care if I even. Um, do the same crappy job as long as I have a, a little AA degree or something, you know, it means a lot to me because I know that was the, the biggest accomplishment actually was graduating high school. You know, I mean, I was so yeah. happy to get out of high school. Um, and so actually when I when I think about my school, um, you know, growing up, um, I struggled in school. I actually had a um, learning disability. And so um, it held me back. I was not successful like my, my peers. And um, I was like one of the, uh, you know, I mean, and then I, again, in high school, I learned that actually I was smart in other areas, you know, math and, you know, history and like stuff I was into. But like when it came to um, reading, um, I was low, you know, I was like at a in middle school, third grade level. Um, I was always back. Um, I would go to sometimes they would, yeah, they actually every year they would take me to like for uh, a period uh, resources. There's a resource center and that's where, um, you know, I'd have an, an IEP as far as like, how are you accommodating Michael so you can get through school. And so they would work with me there. And so, um, I used to pray at night, like, please don't have them call on me to read because I was so embarrassed. I was such a horrible reader. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? I don't want people to find out mm-hmm. they're going to say, Oh, you can't even read, you know? Yeah. And so, um, my schooling, you know, I was unsuccessful and feeling unsuccessful at school. I hated school. And um, the way I became successful at school was I would misbehave, be class clown, yeah. and uh, and that's how I became successful. And that's you know, I mean, that's when I like school. You know, what I mean, people yeah. like and people like me. You know, what yeah. I mean, so because um, you were having fun, basically. Right? Yeah, because I was having fun, um, stressing the teacher out. So, and then that's actually how I um, I think I'm such a good organizer because I would get the class like. 11 o'clock okay everybody's gonna just grab their books and throw it on the ground and so 11 o'clock <laughs> would come around and everybody would slam their books on the ground like boom boom boom, boom you know and, and, like, and stress on? out the teacher um so i used to stress out the teachers um but i remember this though that um after all the stress they give me they still take the time come on michael let me help you get past this you know what i mean they wow. still take the time because every behavior is a um attention-seeking behavior or mm. sign of communication. So they, yeah. they picked up on that. That's what, you know, a good teacher will, will see that, um, you know, every behavior is some kind of um, attention-seeking behavior. And so they knew, you know, okay, he has a learning disability. This is, this is why he misbehaves. Yeah. Misbehave, so so you kind of you adapted. You found a way to survive, right. basically, and uh, that worked for you. Mm-hmm. And then so how did that lead you into – because it's funny because y- you said you went from hating school to now being heavily involved in the education system. Right. So how did that transition happen? Okay, so um, after, I don't know, four or three years, um, I had to start on the very bottom basic math, <laughs> basic, basic English, but, you know, yeah. Chabot. Yeah, it takes I um, a lot of credit, though. Yeah, you know I mean? so I had to go back, like, man. Um, and I really regret, though, like, not 
um, I was a really passive learner when it came to uh, school in um, in middle school, um, high school. Like I just give up. Like oh, it's too hard. Let me just keep guessing here. Yeah. Um, had I um, just been persistent at that, like I wouldn't have to re relearn everything um, that I learned in college. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. Like man, those basic skills would have totally helped me out. Their <laughs> phonemic awareness. You know, yeah. just. Uh, the syntax and and all that when it came to uh like writing and reading um but um luckily in college like college is way better than um high school because you can pick what classes you're into so i got into a lot of uh, chicano studies um classes i was into social justice mm -hmm. you know what i mean writing about stuff that i was really into and actually it was a book that i read was um it was, it was in my English class called uh, Savage Inequalities by Jonathan Kozel. And, and it was just a bit about how um, schools are segregated. They're still, um, you know, underserving um, students of color and, you know, the mistreatment. Um, and so when I read that, I said, this is what I want to do. I knew exactly what I want to do the rest of my life. So, so it was yeah. that book. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's awesome. And then, and then it also did help that my sister like went into teaching. Okay. She was a teacher, you know, yeah. and so I had a big sister. Um, she was doing her thing. So, How did your sister get into teaching? She yeah. was always, uh, you know, I mean, uh, like motherly, you know, I mean, yeah. taking care Nurturing. of. So, yeah. yeah. And so um, I don't know exactly what it was, but I know uh, my sister was a, a cheerleader and okay. um, like always in, um, you know, high school and even below that. And even at Chabot, she was a cheerleader. Um, and then she also did like the youth group and she would, she would, um, little, um, cheerleader squad. She would, you know I mean? Work with them. So she had that kind of background already. Like she was, um, helping out and, uh, with the youth group and helping out in the church. And, um, she got a job at the preschool. She got a job at the, uh, it's our lady of the rosary church. She was a teacher there. And so, you know, progressed into public school, you know what I mean? Okay. So. Yeah. And where does she teach now? San Jose. San Jose? Okay. Is she like high school? Elementary. Elementary. Okay. So Third both of you guys have been kind of like in elementary. Yeah. So you guys like the kids. Um, yeah. I mean, that's your, um, when you get your credential, that's like the widest. Um, okay. Yeah. You know, if, see the problem with um, like secondary is you have to like specialize in something though. So your credential is only for that maybe English and history or math and science, you kind of pigeonholed in there. You can't teach really any other subject than that. So, like the multiple subject, I can teach. I teach everything, and I can be uh, specific in in one subject. So, okay. like, is there a favorite subject they love to teach? PE. <laughs> I love lunch. PE. That's my lunch. favorite. Hey, lunch. <laughs> lunch. <laughs> still, still slacking <laughs> off, Mike. Come on. PE is fun. Just kidding. What well, What is it about PE? Is it really PE, or are you just saying that? Um. No, no, I mean, you know what, I, I really don't have a favorite, really. Um, I like more, like, connecting with the kids, like, mm. you know, I mean, when we, like, a good writing project, but we're, we're into something, you know, they can, yeah. they can tell about themselves. I mean, there's just moments throughout the day when you're successful. Sometimes science, like, we do a science project that's amazing, the kids have fun. Yeah. Um, I like art, you know, I mean, art is fun, you know, mm -hmm. teaching mm -hmm. art and doing that. So. Yeah, okay. And so, so you, you, let's, let's talk about your teaching journey. So now you're on your teaching journey. You read the book and you're like, okay, this is what I want to do. Right. How old were you when, you, when that happened? Uh, 20, 21, 22. Uh, I, was, I, I was, yeah, I don't, I'm not too sure. 
quite sure. Was that still in the Bay Area? Or still in the Bay Area. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. so now you start your teaching journey. Let's, let's talk about that. Right, what was right. the next step after that? So getting through um, Chabot, all those classes. Okay. Um, and then um, I got my A and then um, transferred. Um, the only problem was um, I was working at the uh, city of Hayward and um, I was reading like just like reading whatever I was into. You know, I like biographies. I like people's stories, mm-hmm. like hearing about their stories, how they yeah. persevered. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the story like really helped me um, shape me uh, was this, the autobiography of Malcolm X. If you read that, okay. read that story, it gives me courage. Every time I read it, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. it kind of gives me courage. I don't know how I have in, you yeah. know, I mean, I think, you know, this person can do it. I can do it, too. Kind of really um, motivating you know what i mean so stories mm-hmm. like that that um adversity adversity they you know they accomplished something and um they've been through something a struggle um you know no struggle without or no progress without struggle um so i like hearing those stories so, so okay yeah so you went to chabot and then what happened after that um so i knew i couldn't um I mean, I could, I guess, but uh, there's a lot of distractions in the, the Bay Area. You know, I mean, the friends, yeah. a lot of my elements. Um, even today, I'm, I'm the only male Gonzalez, um, actually on both sides of my family, that uh, graduated from college. Wow. So That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when I was a senior, like most of my friends were gone. They, either they um, dropped out of high school, yeah. they went to the continuation school, um, or they moved away. And so, um, I was like damn near by myself in my senior year, you know, I'm like, where, you know, my, where are my, friends? my friends? Yeah. Go? yeah. Um, that happened to me too. Yeah. And some of them actually died too. So, wow. yeah. Um, and so, um, you know, I, most of my friends were potheads. Um, you know, they're still partying and um you know i knew i had to get away like just let me just submerge myself into my uh reading mm-hmm. books studies you know that's that's what i need to do if i really want to um become a teacher you know i mean I, I knew i had to do that and so um the move was to get out and so la and my um cousins uh mauricio and daniel were the ones who um were the ones who were like, man, you got to come down south. Like it's it's all yeah. good here. Like mm-hmm. it's fun, you know. And so you know, I was kind of, and I was visiting. I was like, you know, I started liking it more and more. Um, I remember when um, actually Isaac, me, you, Daniel, yeah. right, Daniel, yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, we went to down south, and um, and you guys were planning on moving. Yeah. yeah. Then Daniel and, and so I was, on me at the last. And minute. so I was like, no, nah, you know, I mean, like, no, nah, I'm cool. Life is good in the Bay Area for me. Yeah. And so. Um, and then the more they came out here, and, and the more I came out here, and I liked it, and so I was like, man, I'm gonna go down south, you know, Cal State LA. I yeah. don't know, I don't know if um, I said Cal State LA, or you were you? I, I was you, going to Cal State LA. You're the one, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're the one who's like Cal State LA is where I want to go. Yeah, funny story because uh, I was also. It's kind of like the same thing. Like we both, we, I grew up in San Jose. It started getting very small for me, like, and I needed to get out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we would go down and visit, and I went to just visit the school. And I was in shock because it was the first college I ever went to that was majority minorities. Mm-hmm. Like most colleges, nothing against it, but it's like white and Asian and maybe now Indian, right? Or most majority of the people at most colleges, right? And so when I went to Cal State LA, you know, at first I was like East LA. I'm like, what kind of school would be, you know, right. in East LA? And, it, and then I went to the campus and I just fell in love instantly because it was so diverse, like just so many. And it was majority Hispanic. Yeah, I just kind of felt like, 
I found what I was looking for at the time as far as a group of people. So I was like, that's it. I'm going to Cal State LA. And Daniel, by the way, uh, we had an agreement already. We were going to move down there. We were going to go to Cal State LA. We were going to share housing at Cal State LA. But then that dude bails on me the last minute and says I can't go. So and, and if you can backtrack, you guys were roommates at Cal State yeah. Hayward slash East yeah. Bay. So like that's what that was in the '99 when I was working yeah. for the Raiders, and my dream was to work for the Raiders and then go to Cal State Hayward, which is what they mm-hmm. used to call it before it was East Bay. Well, that didn't work out, right? So then right. I said I want to go to LA, and then you know every, everything that bad that happens to you is usually for a good reason, right? right? Yeah. So when Daniel bailed on me, um, which is fine, he ended up moving down there, but he went to Dominguez Hills. That's what happened. Like we were both supposed to go to Cal State LA, but I understand because that's where baseball was better for him, right? So, so at the last minute, I didn't have a roommate. I kind of got left out. But then what happened? After that was my parents were like, okay, we're going to help you because they're real estate investors. They're like, we want to buy real estate down there. And then my uncle, I don't know if you remember my uncle Richard. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, and he, and he kind of reminds me of you a little bit, right? Uh, Richard was like, there's a big area right now. It's Diamond Bar. You can get properties for $119,000. we got a condo, right? Yeah. And uh, so anyways, that's what, that's what brought us down to L.A. And, uh, and I went to Cal State L.A. Is that, is that where you went to school? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So what year did you graduate from Cal State L.A.? Um, 06, 06 with, with a uh, credential and bachelor's like I, I got I took care of both of it you know man I got yeah. it all you know it's equivalent to a master's of what I got that's so, awesome yeah. but by the way when we graduated from college a, a bachelor's was, was good enough like well yeah. back in those yeah. early oh, 2000s yeah, yeah. yeah like a bachelor's was like now it's like you know, a master's uh, is like a, a degree bachelor, and yeah. a bachelor's is like a high school diploma. Right. right? Every, everybody got yeah, yeah. a bachelor's. It's an AA. <laughs> but back then, like a bachelor's was like the big accomplishment, right? Now it's completely different. So let's talk about Cal State LA. Okay. Just a quick story before we go, okay. get off uh, Chabot, though. I used to take my paper to Isaac to proofread my English <laughs> paper and he would go through it, like, you know, fix all the um, grammatical errors and, and, um, so I appreciate that, Isaac. Yeah, you're we'd, we'd hang out. Like, you're welcome, yeah. We'd go hang out with Daniel and Isaac because I, yeah. I know Isaac will help me out with my paper. And so yeah. and he, he gave me good like good advice. Like, okay, you need this. You need to, you need to quote your source right here. And, yeah. you know, and so I appreciate that. I want to thank you for that. Yeah. Though, so. My pleasure, man. And, I mean, English was always easy for me. Like, you know, some subjects are really easy for mm-hmm. some, but math was like... I struggled to get a, a C in like algebra. Like that's mm-hmm. how, but I had a really bad teacher at Del Mar. He got fired halfway through the year. Wow. So teachers are very important because I believe if I had a good teacher in those like formative years of learning, I think my math would have, even to this day, I struggle with math. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I think I'm just a creative brain period. Yeah. But I struggled in math just because of that one bad teacher. Like it was crazy. But you're welcome. And I'm glad it helped you. Obviously, you're, you're free on your career, you know. Hey, we pay it forward, man. Now you're right. here on my podcast. So here we go, right? <laughs> so I figured I got, I got to do you a favor here. Yeah, th- thanks for the props. Solid. Thank, yeah. Thanks for the props. Pay it back here. That. Here yeah, it is I right appreciate here. that. All right. Oh, so getting back to Cal State LA. Yeah. Um, all I knew when, you know, LA, what, what it really meant to me, you know, forget Hollywood, forget the beach. Um, what romanticized me um, about LA, and I like the, uh, the gangster elements. Uh-huh. Um, the hoods, you know what I mean? So East yeah. L.A., you know what I mean? There's so many movies, uh, so many books I've read that romanticize, you know, body of life. And so, and then South Central, too. And so, and that's where I wanted to be. I wanted to explore those areas. And so um, Cal State L.A., in the heart of East L.A., uh, Rudy Acuna said um, that is, East L.A. is the, 
pinnacle of Chicano culture. And so I love, you know what I mean? I adhere to my uh, Chicano roots. And so um, it was true. I loved it. I, you know yeah. I mean? I loved it. I loved it so much. You know what I mean? Uh, food for the soul, you know what I mean? And so here I am at Cal State LA. Um, and what happened was uh, I sold my Chevelle. I saved up. I was planning on it. And I went house with my parents on a condo. And we had a condo, and I knew I'd have my cousins to rent out the rooms. Uh, and, of course, Daniel bailed on me again. Of course, right? <laughs> and uh, uh, Daniel, I found another roommate. There? And yeah. I found another roommate. And so yeah. they were helping out pay the mortgage. And um, I had – what's cool is when you're that old in college, yeah. I, I was 25 <laughs> at, at Cal State LA, they, they don't look to your parents um, as far as income. They look at what you got. And so I was qualified for um, financial aid, so I didn't pay for any college. Wow. You know what I mean? So I got that. Completely free. That's a big deal. Yeah. And then I got um, student loans uh-huh. and because uh, I knew I was going to be a teacher and I knew Title I, you know, would pay back these loans. And so, you know, I was paying my mortgage, Very live very humble. I'm, I'm good with my money. And so it was not splurging. I had my same car, little Honda. And, um, you know, that's how I lived my life. And so it was just a great experience. And I... I, I kid you not, I sometimes I'd be in that library studying for like six hours wow. at Cal State LA yeah. library, second floor, yeah. all the way in the back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I remember a funny story about that library. I think it's a library. It, do they have study rooms, like little rooms you can go in there? Yeah. Like, yeah. So um, my last year, 2003, that's when I graduated, uh, I had to take this business class. I don't remember what it was, but you would not even graduate if you didn't pass this class. And we would always meet our little group in the library and the thing. And like the whole time I told her the story, uh, I created a commercial for our our team because we were like struggling the whole class. You had to create a business or whatever. But anyways, I created a commercial. But I just remember we used to meet always in those little rooms in the library. Like like we're a little corporation, Mm -hmm. like little board of directors or whatever. Yeah. I love Cal State LA, man. I know. I miss it so much. Quarterly too. You know, it's hard to find a quarterly school. Yeah, that's true. So it keeps you disciplined. Like, you you know, like the finals coming up, you know, know, there's no downtime. There's no spring break. You gotta, you know, keep moving. So, yeah. Um, Actually, we we did connect. Um, I remember going to... um, king taco with you oh they had two king tacos on right. campus in uh salazar hall yeah okay i remember going there with you um but your all your classes were on that side i was more in king hall yeah that's that's where most of my classes were the humanities yeah because i was on the business side yeah and then you were on the humanities side right. so but it's just an amazing school like i mean i met so many people from different cultures like i met people from ethiopia from Japan, like I just had so many friends from like different countries. That's why I loved it so much. Any cool stories from Cal State LA? Um, that was uh, I did a lot of dating. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Don't Girls, me, don't I remember. Uh, I remember uh, like yeah. who I liked in the class. I'd sit next to them and yeah. uh, just keep hitting on them like every day. Hit <laughs> on them. And then they were, you know, they were like. All right, Gonzalez, let's, give me your number. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you don't know they call me Big Mike G, right? <laughs> That's um, awesome. But no, yeah, just, you know, I mean, that that is the best, like, um, as far as dating, you know, nightclubs, you know, you meet them here and there. But um, in college, you know what I mean? Meeting, meeting girls and, yeah. and that was, yeah, that was, that was it. You know, I was. And it's mostly women there too, so yeah. yeah. That's what really, women yeah. Too. That's what really sold me on 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 Los Angeles, because uh-huh. you know coming from San Jose, like mm-hmm. you know it, it's a big city, but the San Jose or the Bay Area we grew up in, it can be very small because yeah. it's all your group of friends, mm-hmm. right? And when when we started when we started going down to Southern California and we started going to clubs, the women would be fifteen deep. 
Like they would mob 15 to, and they were all beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like you're just like, what the heck? Like those women would be so stuck up in the Bay Area because they would be like 12s here. And over there, they're like sevens and eights because there's so many of them. Like if if you if you if you hit on one and she disses you, she's got fifteen other friends that right. one of them's gonna like you. You know what I mean? <laughs> so they're not they're not like stuck yes. up. So yeah. it's a number. You know, three fourths of the population live down south, and so you got city after city. So yeah. your numbers are in your favor. Yeah. So. <laughs> you know, it's crazy because like driving in Southern California takes so long, but you're going from city to city, so yeah. you don't feel like you're traveling a long distance. Mm-hmm. Like every five minutes is a new area code. A new yeah. 20,000 people that don't even know right. or talk about uh, talk to the people and other ones. But yeah, Cal State LA was an amazing school. Uh, so when did so you and, graduate? And it was very um, like collaborative, though. Like yeah. so many uh, group projects you would do there. Yeah. Um, so that was great, you know, and, and yeah. it kind of forced you to socialize because uh, that's so important, though. You know, people don't take for granted, you know, you're not always going to be in your cubicle. You know, I mean, you're going to need help. You're going to need mm-hmm. to work collaboratively with other folks. You know, yeah. you got to be able to network. And so. I mean that that was that was good, you know, in Cal State LA, yeah. and and I would always actually park. Um, they call it Cardiac Hill. I don't know if you ever parked there. Mm, it's I, um, I, don't, I don't know if it was called it, Cardiac Hill. But. Yeah, so it was. This is one parking lot. Really, nobody you can always find like parking way, readily way at the top. Yeah, you got to go up like ten flights of stairs to go oh to the top. Gosh. Yeah, and so I'd have my backpack and run up at every time, and so um, yeah, great exercise. I, yeah. I enjoyed that. So. Yeah, so I love Cal State LA, especially for business, because it's an accredited business school, which means uh, it, it was up there on par with Abispo and all the other schools. So my small business teacher, his name was Mr. Estrada, mm-hmm. he used to work for President Clinton's staff. He was the director of the Small Business Bureau uh, for President Clinton. My marketing teacher, he actually invented the salad bar in Carl's Jr. I don't know if it's Carl's Jr. or, or Burger King. Carl's Jr. You know they used to have the salad bar? Mm-hmm. He was the inventor of the salad bar. Like that whole idea. You mean Carl's Jr. where do you get your um, bike stolen? <laughs> That's so funny. I forgot it was Carl's Jr. One uh, minute. Oh Daniel Mauricio, you got, you got your Is bike stolen. Is it like a motorcycle or just no, a bicycle? No, it was a bicycle. Okay. We were like, how old were we? Maybe 12, 13. But they just ordered their food and looked back and their bikes were gone. Literally wow. like a minute. Like okay. one minute. I had just gotten the bike too. I was so happy. It was a brand new bike and I went to order my food and that thing was ghost it was gone I, was, I started crying i think i was so young but yeah so so i love cal state la especially for business because it's accredited so all the teachers have to have a master's degree in the subject they teach and they have to have some type of experience working in that area so i mean it was awesome but uh just real quick i want to tell a quick story about we talked about women right it was i mean southern california is just amazing but talking about you said you would meet girls in class so i used to talk to i used to really like this girl in class right and and this was before i had lost all the weight and got into really good shape and i I used to try to talk to her and she like dissed me right she thought she was too good for me and then like six months later i lost like 40 pounds i was the best shape of my life and i was like tan and i remember they they used to have a little shopping like little flea market do you remember that and i was looking i was looking for sunglasses and she's looking at me and she's like staring and she hits a pole. She's like, boom, <laughs> runs into a pole. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, ah. Anyways, that was kind of funny. But anyway, it's not about me. Let's get back to you. So, wow. so yeah, it was funny. So that just made that you feel good. Funny. You know what I mean? And, she, yeah. and then a, a quick story, though. So it was cool was, um, yeah, Mauricio Daniel, my cousins, and I started Cal State LA the same yeah. uh, quarter. And uh, they struggled, though. And what was cool was... Um, I took all teacher classes, so I took like an art 
for teachers, a music for teachers, mm-hmm. and uh, like a history class. And so my my uh, homework, they were like studying their brains out. Like, man, why do we get into this college? You yeah. know, this is too much for us. I was just playing the recorder, <laughs> and then I had like art fraud, like for kids, you know, making play doh. <laughs> they're like, "What the hell?" You know, like this guy's like, college, maybe. Really? <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, but you know, I think the best part about it was that you were doing what you love. Like it mm-hmm. was, it wasn't even work for you. You know what I mean? Like you, you had a, you had a purpose. You know what I mean? Um, so you graduated in two thousand six. Right. Yes. What's the next step after that? What happens after that? Because I know you had a very successful career down in Southern California as in the education. Mm-hmm. So talk, take us down that that little road. All right. So um, my senior year, I got a job um, Eastman Avenue. Um, Eastman Avenue was a teacher assistant, and then I um, also did my student teaching. Um, so that exposed me LAUSD, the biggest um, the business. Biggest school district in California, second biggest in the nation. So at the time I started, there was like uh, 45,000 educators just wow. in that school district, you know. So, Jesus. Yeah, it's huge. It's, you know, it's, it's the biggest employer in um, mm-hmm. Los Angeles. There's a lot so, of people down there. So and if you think about like uh, there's carpenters, there's plumbers for the district. Um, there's like so many jobs with just, you know, cafeteria. There's just so many jobs within um, the district. Uh, so it was an easy transition from uh, Cal State LA, which happens to be the biggest um, teacher school um, in California. And so it was an easy transition into that LAUSD. They already had my um, my number, my employee number, all my information uh, tested. You got to get, you know, TV tests and, and whatnot. And so they had me, they hired me, you know, and um, so I seen all the jobs were in the hood, you know, like. And I applied, actually I applied in Watts. Um, I didn't get that job, but uh, it was right across the street from the projects. Um, I, I don't, I'm not too sure exactly what projects in Watts. Um, if you say one of the big names, I, um, uh, I'm not familiar. Jo- uh, Jorgensen, um, Jordan Downs projects Jordan Downs. it was actually, okay. um, which is a major project. Um, the Crips over there okay. you know, run that. I didn't get that job. Um, but my friend, I know my, my friend is like, do it. You know what I mean? Get out there. Like, yeah. you know, like I was like, a, you know, I was a little fearful of the neighborhood. He's like, man, go get out there. You're like, go do that. You know, kids are kids. And so anyways, I got a job, 49th Street Elementary, um, got hired there. And, um, you know, I just, you know, there's a, there's a need for, you know, I'm single, Latino, and, um, and I didn't, you know, don't, yeah, don't have any kids. And so I could just focus on teaching. And so, um, you know, half of the year went, went well, but I had a um, fifth grade class. And so that fifth grade class, that's the last year before they go into middle school. And so they had, um, that's when their hormones took off. And so they get crazy at <laughs> yeah, the end of the year. Like people it. were telling me, like, watch out at the end of the year. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> so anyways, um, you know, my first year, you never forget your kids the first yeah. year of school. Um so you taught fifth grade? I taught fifth grade. Okay. I got hired for fourth, and uh, I go to show it up, to set up. <clears throat> He's like, no, you're... I was like, it says fifth grade. I, I thought I was fourth grade. Yeah. You know? He's like, oh, did I make that mistake? You're fifth grade. Like, what? <laughs> like, like, I didn't no, want I'm that. I'm giving you the crazy kids. I didn't want that. <laughs> Rookie. <laughs> but, what was your um, first day like? Well, you know what? The first two minutes... You know what's crazy? The first two minutes... Um, this one parent you know kids are in there i'm ready to roll 
And she's jumping up and down. One parent's jumping up and down. My ass, they're all like, you know, she's like, what? Like, I'm ready to introduce myself. Hi, yeah. boys and girls. And so she calls me over there and tells me about her daughter. Um, her daughter um, was molested. And like, oh. she's telling me that right off the bat. Like, oh, I haven't even started class. Yeah. And well, uh, her cousin, yeah, her cousin job. did this. And like, um, just, I just want to tell you about her. And, and she's telling me all this in Spanish. And, um, but anyways, I did get her... Um, counseling and everything worked out and you know i mean wow it was it was great yeah it was so you great. already made an impact yeah yeah so it was cool you know i mean um yeah work with her and uh, but that was like the very first thing um but, kid, but kids are kids and uh they were tracks it was a year-round school track b i was track b room 50 um yeah it was it was, it was great it was cool um and then that was my first year of teaching you know okay. so so your first year of teaching, you expected to go into fourth grade. And, and then, of course, I'm, yeah, I expected to go to fourth grade. Um, but halfway through the year, um, like a lot of things in life, like I, like I questioned myself, like, what the heck was I thinking? Like, I'm no teacher. Like, man, this is too hard. You know what I mean? Why did I think of that? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, but at the end of the year, I was like, you know, I mean, I loved it. You know what I mean? Like, that, yeah. this is me. This is cool. Yeah. So you, so that year you figured out, okay, this is where I belong. Yeah. That's awesome. Um. So the next year, and actually I, I posted this on my social media and I found pictures of myself. Um, I got this other fifth grade class and uh, the first week of school, they try to test me. You know what I mean? Like, dude, you don't know me. You know what I mean? Like, you're already trying to test me, like misbehaving. You know, like yeah. I need to get this down before um, anything else. You know what I mean? If I don't have classroom yeah. management, if you don't have classroom management, you're not a good teacher. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're, they're just somewhere else. Like, you got to keep them engaged. And so... Uh, so I got upset. I said, I'm going to visit every single one of your houses. I'm going to get to know your parents. Like, this can't go on here. And like, no, I need, to, I, need to talk, I need to work with your parents. And so first week of school, I'm visiting, you know, three houses a night. You know, wow. I have the list or address. And this is in the hood. You know what I mean? It's, it, was, wow. it was rough. And so I went there. And then again, halfway through that list, first week of school, you're, you're ex exhausted. The first week of school, there's like so much yet that, that needs to be covered. You gotta, there's so much uh, preparation and teaching. Um, I, I self doubted myself. I said, what, what the hell was I think this is the worst decision I ever made. Um, but anyways, I got through the whole, um, I got through all the students, visit them all. And, uh, I was like, man, that's the best decision I ever made because I had that connection with them. I knew their parents, you know what I mean? And so I would tell them, you know what I mean? You know, how's Marty doing? You know what I mean? You know, do I need to call Marty or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you got to know what you're yeah, most know, afraid yeah. of, right? Yeah. You know, so I, I knew there were siblings. I got to know like all of them. Um, but one part of my, um, social media post, I put, um, Oscar, I got to go to Oscar's house and Oscar didn't speak a word of English. Um, but he was, uh, uh, so popular in the class because he, um, was great at soccer. So anyways, I rolled up to his house. He's playing soccer in front, kicking the ball against the curb. Uh, and it's the hood. It's, it's, uh, dirty, you know, and I, and he told me his mom's going to, um, we'll be back. You know, she, she was selling elote and other little snacks. So she, she came back and I uh, got to talk to her and she, she, uh, fed me so well, you know what I mean? I think she cooked something for me too. She's from, uh, Michoacan. She's a little older. Yeah. And I knew something was a little like wrong with her, but she was like really grateful. You know what I mean? Like yeah. everybody I met, like all the parents like love me, you know what I mean? Yeah. Maestro, pasale, you know? Yeah trying to offer me a beer and you know yeah. like no <laughs> and so um but anyway she died a couple months later after that oh, though so sad. and that and um and so oscar um never really lashed out you know i had such a good rapport with him you know and uh 
and I'm like so grateful that I, I got to meet um, all their parents and um, and um, Oscar you know I mean just Oscar was cool I, I, I we wrote it out together you know we got through it you know and so that was so great. What inspired you to meet their parents? Did most teachers do that? Or was that no? You, nobody does that, especially yeah, today. You don't do that. Crazy. A male teacher, yeah. You know, um, that's pretty smart. Number one, yeah, because you connected with them. Right, right. You made them. You made you made the kids realize it's you care. Yeah, yeah they matter. That, yeah, for sure. So what what sparked that? Because I've never heard that before. Uh, that's pretty awesome. Uh, some crazy, you know what I mean? <laughs> like. <laughs> I want to be a teacher. You yeah. know, like, what are you thinking? Like, yeah. you want to be a teacher? Like, yeah. That just tells me you're, you're, yeah. meant, you're meant for this. Yeah. You know? So, um, stand and deliver. Right. And then what it actually even better, because we had so many fights and going on. I remember my first year teaching, um, two of my students got into a fight. He knocked his teeth out. Like, oh had, had to go pick up his teeth on the, on the yard. And so they were fighting, you know, I mean, it, and it was really like, um, because track B didn't like track A students like, <laughs> this game, you know, and track A was always uh, known for, um, they were the project kids, you know okay, what I mean, too. Yeah. So, the most so when they kids. come on, you know I mean? Like, oh man, it's going to be crazy. They're going to be yeah. fighting, you know? Um, oh, that's crazy. so what I did was a soccer league. I asked the principal, he was able to give me money and I bought, um, soccer, um, posts that kind of fold up. And so I'd be out there three days, um, a week. Wow. I'd be a uh, referee and I had the whistle, you know what I mean? Had everything lined up and we'd play, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, Mr. Gonzalez's class versus Mr. Mendoza. We had tournaments, you know what I mean? And so, yeah. and, uh, you know, I had 10 in each side, get in your position, you know, and we do sudden death at the end and the kids loved it though. And I did that like the, the whole year, you know? And yeah. so that's what also like kept the kids. Mm -hmm. They were, they love, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, Oscar, who didn't speak a word of English, he knew every bad word, though, in English. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he thrived on that. You know, man, yeah. he was so popular. Everybody loved him. He was a superstar, Oscar, the wow. best student, yeah, so by you far. You basically saved his life. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, that's crazy. So you you went and met with each kid's parents, which no one ever does. That's like leadership to me, you know. Mm -hmm. And then you took leadership and you created a league because they say sports is what keeps kids out of trouble. right well, there's you know so I mean? many like art keeps kids there yeah. um yeah and there's so many things that keeps kids like engaged with what, what's going on you know chicano studies too yeah. you know what i mean i mean that's what kept me engaged so did the soccer continue after you left or was no. it done oh wow done well yeah. and then um it's by seniority and so um i did not get um, the net, the following year, it kind of stopped because I um, got bumped out of fifth grade, and the only thing that was open was fourth grade. And so we have a different lunch, and so it really did not work out. Uh, I tried it, but it didn't really work out uh, as successful. And then I got, and then I got um, limited and third grade open. I was a third grade teacher, and so it really didn't have as much significance as it was. The oldest kids were the fifth graders, and so fifth graders. Uh, needed that, you know, they're sweating, hormones, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. that is the perfect year, you know, I mean, puberty so, years, right? Yeah. So, so fifth grade, that's like, and I'd have boys and girls in there. It was just, it wasn't yeah. just girls ahead, and yeah. boys, you know, I mean, I had girls in there, you know, some of the girls were whooping on the boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you taught them competition, you taught yeah. them teamwork. Like, it's crazy. Um, and so, we, I'd be, I'd get everybody to play, like, okay, subs. Yeah. You know, take out. Like, you need to come out. You've been in there too long the whole yeah. game. Yeah, so. I think you literally, like, I think that year was an Oscar year or something. Like, oh. like something. You were like a guardian angel. You came down and helped him. 
mm-hmm. because you know he lost his mom later on in life but you, you you were like a savior for him that year because without that league he might have struggled more in school because he couldn't speak english mm-hmm. you know what i mean so that, that was powerful so so then so then you get so let's talk about the rest of your career now you, you're moving on up right so after that well, well how did your career go well so the other part of it was um my first year i learned about i got three extra new students like what like what and then my colleagues they broke it down to me like this is uh norm day the charter school got their money now they're uh kicking these kids out so okay and then so i learned oh this is a behavior problem oh this is because they got kicked out because they're they have a learning disability they got kicked out because they're english uh learner yeah and um so norm day what is that so norm day is when the um you have to put in your numbers how many kids you have and um that becomes you get to get keep the money at that school you know what i mean okay so um, that'll make and break um, whether you're going to k- get rid of a teacher. You have to close a class because you don't have enough students, oh, and so wow. you got you want to push those numbers up high um, so you can keep retain your um, your your kids, your 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 teacher ratio, and so um, yeah, norm, that's norm day. And so um, and we my last school I was at, we were always pushing every year, and actually you know we're under enrollment the whole state of california is under enrollment not what the numbers are not what they used to be um but we would try to you know like if you got a brother and sister you got a cousin bring them to our school we're, <laughs> we're gonna lose a teacher you know yeah. so um, but anyways the charters don't play by the same rules as public schools okay um it wasn't until recently there they have to be a more accountable to the public and uh and people are catching up to their their shams and so they are um considered a public school but ran privately so that's um, what a charter school is. that's what charter corporate charter for-profit school um i Just mean there's a whole corp- corporate and profit probably do not belong right. in education yeah you know? yeah so i mean i can go on and on and talk about that but anyways that's what it first started me like hmm inequality here okay yeah. i see what's going on here so so they would uh, and they out- would poach they would cherry pick our best students like come to our you know we got a uniform you can wear you know <laughs> oh wow and uh recruiting yeah they recruit and so competition um so second year what happened also is um they said the the district said any um, if there's room vacancies they can go ahead and set up a charter school so half the school would be a charter school it wouldn't be 49th Street Elementary it'd be uh, 49th Street Elementary on maybe on one side and whatever kind of charter you know like what's big around here in San Jose is rocket ship charter okay they're they're huge around here so it could be rocket ship and 49 like so you have to share the same resources you have to share the same restrooms uh, library um break rooms like all yeah the shame the the yard you know there's like so many things you have to share um so it creates competition you know what i mean too yeah. and so but they were going to put a high school on our campus with our elementary so that the high school kids would be sharing the same restroom as kindergarten students how crazy that is that yeah sense. it doesn't yeah. make yeah. any sense and uh also how they get away with stuff they were saying vacancies like our parent center they're like no that's a classroom you know like no we use it for the parents you know so yeah um the library um computer lab and just all those things they try to add up and try to weasel their way and that's when i uh started organizing and got got the um my colleagues riled up um the old site rep union rep there um she's like i'm retiring this year like gonzalez like honestly i don't have the energy i'm I'm about to retire i'm I'm gonna be gone in a couple months and uh so that's when she kind of like passed the 
thrown down to me she passed the torch to me and and uh and so i organized a huge uh, protest we marched around when they came to visit and we even stormed the uh we stormed the uh building and like we were just protesting with our signs like you know (laughs) charter school out and so um they decided not to stay there and they were gone that was so that was our first victory um and i was behind it you know i mean like so the, you know, char- the charter school, which was basically a corporation, tried to come and take the public school's resources? Yeah, half the school. So they took half, they said basically. And what they do, they, they don't stop at half, they want more. You know, they, wow. they keep, if they keep getting enrollment, like, hey, we need, a, we got a, we need another class. Yeah. And so it's competition. And so, so that was one thing. Again, I can keep going on and on. Um, but so if it weren't for you, that would probably still be happening there, yeah right well just at that site just it happens that. everywhere it oh, happens wow. all the time and i help um folks fight that too okay so mm. um all right so that was one thing and then um public school choice came out and so what that said is what that is is um all the we passed a um a bond to build all these new schools because they need it you know that you know 49th street for example is over 100 years old old school dilapidated yeah. in ruins um bungalows tiny tons of bungalows you know i mean they were only meant to be temporary uh so they built brand new schools to alleviate the overcrowding and so that you know i was uh, very grateful that oh my kids are going to go to a brand new school you know some of my kids that live by that school are going to go to a brand new school that's cool you know what i mean um but with this public school choice the district said anybody who wants it can bid on it if you whoever has the best school plan will get the get the school and so our school board is elected officials and so a lot of them are corrupt you know and so it's even crazy. antonio Viragosa, he was corrupt if you he ran for governor uh-huh. and all the money if you follow that dark money where it came from it came from the uh california uh, uh charter schools wow association and and um so he got tons of money for them and they have always been in la trying to infiltrate and run out their plan and they, they've been successful you know mm-hmm. um so they're buying dun- dumping tons of money on um school board candidates for their elections wow. i think our last one they spent 11 million dollars on a uh, school board race for school for, board for a school race? board race yeah for elementary school no it's lausd the oh, entire okay, okay. Yeah. That's but i mean i was just in elementary that's still, but, that's, yeah. yeah wow um, and that's taxpayer money that no that's it's corporate money that wherever they oh they, the charter no 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 so the charter association um their um their goal their campaign is to um, more charter schools you know okay. I mean, spread yeah. out the charter schools mm-hmm. and so um we have like eli broad um the walton family which are from walmart Jeez, and so a lot of corporations yeah. a lot of um a lot of folks um they want to privatize public yeah. education that's their goal you know i mean they want to segregate schools they you know um so anyways they do that um so public school choice and so i had to i had to organize a team from different schools and um go out and uh, put together a team put together a plan and so i organized all these people to come together and we came out with all the um components the best kind of instructional plan research over two years free of our time like every other day we get together and do writing to come up with the best plan research go visit schools and so we came up with that's where smart academy came in um our dream school we want and um so two years later the the board approved it they said they liked it um but we had to compete you know like i said with charters they're paid 
paid uh, writers school plan, you know what I mean? Wow. And we had to compete with them. So. so Smart Academy, how did you come up with that name? Science, Math, and Art Academy. Yeah, with Science, nice, a nice, art. cool oh. acronym, you know. Mm. Smart Academy. We smart here, you know. So um, <laughs> That was pretty smart there, Mike. Yeah, so, but our plan was like so um, ambitious in there. You know, I mean, Dream School, we're going to have this, we're going to have that. Yeah. Um, mm. So I meant a lot of um, professional development for the teachers. Um, that, that year I got um, pink slipped. And so even when it opened up, I wasn't able to work there because I got a pink slip. What is uh, pink slip? Pink slip means um, you're laid off, you know, because oh. I mean, um, like my third year of teaching, I got a pink slip because uh-huh. um, they were making cuts. And so first hired, first fired. And, and, and it's what all, year was that? And it, it's only fair 2010. Okay. Or no, 2008. Yeah, 2008. So that was like nine. around the crash. Yeah. So was exactly. it the whole collapse? Is that, is that exactly okay? Exactly, and so um, so that happened. Got a pink slip, and like I said, um, I was glad that uh, I didn't get hired because it was so ambitious. But we got to pick the people we wanted to go in that school. We hired them. We hired our principal. Um, I know the you know the hand. She was part of the plan too. You know, I mean, I, so I know the school's in good hands. You know, it it was um, very successful. But I was glad I didn't get hired there. Um, because uh, it was a lot of work there, and um, and I knew, like I, like I said, it mostly was with the upper grades, and so I was man, kinder. Um, so, anyways, I ended up um, teaching kinder that year in Pacoima, and also that same year, um, Parent Revolution showed up to that school. Okay. And if you don't know about Parent Revolution, there's also uh, I, I talk about the privatization movement, the Walton family, Eli Broad. They put behind money like fake astroturf groups. Um, that they pawned them off as community organizers. They're doing good for the community. Uh, and so there's a stupid law that came into play uh, called the parent trigger law. Mm-hmm. And so what it says, if you get enough petitions, you can change a public school um, into a charter school. Wow. So you can, or you, you can, so there's like four options. You can change it. You can just get rid of, fire the, um, the principal, fire um you can do a conversion charter you can close the school completely shut it down um anyways they were trying there were some paid organizers going around that community in pacoima where i was teaching at and uh and so that year i was just in my world teaching you know i mean yeah. kinder and there's so much prep hard by far the hardest year of my life as far as teaching because there's so much prep preparation um and then the, my first week of school um Okay, the principal's like, yeah, you're going to get a kinder class. And so she went around to all the other uh, kinder teachers, like, give me uh, five-year kids, five-year kids, five-year kids. Wow. And, of course, they ain't going to give the smartest kids. They're gonna, <laughs> they gave me the misfits, the ones they don't want, you know. And so, oh, man. Um, yeah, the yeah, ragtag I, army. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I had the bunch right there. And so it was, I struggled all year. Um, but anyways, the principal, um, asked me, he goes, Hey, you, you know, you've been around Gonzalez. Do you know about this, um, group called parent revolution? I was like, I sure do know about them. Cause wow. I've been fighting them. You know, I was organizing there and, um, actually Antonio Viragosa is ba- was backing them at the time. And he, and that's when he came out with, uh, public school choice and how it's good for everybody. This and that parents got to be able to choose. They want charter or this, you know? And so. And it's all like based on test scores too. And I learned about what test scores are all about, um, how to how to uh, rig the system, kind of. 
um, and how they look down that they, um, I mean, that's a whole thing, test scores, um, on how uh, rigged that is, you know, it's all about your test scores, whether you're a successful teacher or not. Um, so, so anyways, so the scores your kids are getting yes, in your classes. Yes. Okay. And mm. so, um, like one year I, I, um, actually just like taught to the test, you know what I mean? I was yeah. like, okay, you know what I mean? And so I had the highest test scores in my grade level because I, you know what I mean? I was just teaching them test strategy and I got so much praise for being a uh, successful teacher, even though I was not, I was just yeah. teaching to the test, you know what I mean? You that, were that, teaching them what they needed. You were teaching right. them how to pass the test. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was just like driving that home, like, okay, this, you know, just going over poor kids, you know what I mean? Just test strategies, you know what I mean? <laughs> But they were your test but that's, strategy. What, that's what you know everybody looks at like wow that means they're smart you know yeah. I mean? um anyways that's a whole another story and so uh that is a determining factor that uh antonio Varagosa, the privatizers that that movement was trying to look at looking at a school look at the test scores they're failing this is a, a horrible school you know so um, via Ragosa is like the walton's puppet basically yeah oh yeah yeah big time big time and so, so they so have, anyways, they but, have lobbyists in schools. That's insane. That's what the yeah. parent thing is. Lobbying, yeah. lobbying, basically. So anyways, uh, what happened was um, there was an organizer and then uh, the principal heard about them. She said, you ever heard about this? And so I knew from that rally I went to, um, I was protesting against Viragosa, that um, he had the parent revolution group and I knew who they were in this uh Ben Austin is his name. He's he's a, a corrupt guy too, funding them, a spokesperson for them. And I told the principal, I was like, you better be on that, you know, this and that. Mm-hmm. And so the principal was at a staff meeting and told everybody what it's about. And so I spoke up there. I was like, and, you know, this is what it, they're about. This is what they do. You guys need to don't sleep on it. You know what I mean? This group will turn your school into a charter. That, and then I explained the trigger law. So I spoke up. Boom, boom. You know, I was hitting my points. Yeah. And so after the meeting, all these teachers came because I'm brand new. Nobody knows me there. Yeah. And so like, you know about it. We need. They, know you they know. didn't have a site rep there. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, they didn't have a site rep. So they had no like union or no leadership there. And uh, they're like, we want you to be our um, union rep. And so I thought about it. I was like, no, someone else, you know, I don't know. You know, I'm not even from this community. I got to drive an hour home. You know what I mean? I don't, you know, You're like, I don't. far. And yeah. so anyways, I said, okay. I said, I want a secretary. I want to pick my vice chair. I want, you know, I had everything I wanted, all my wow. committees, and I had it all. I said, this is what I want. And they gave me everything I wanted. And wow. so I became the um, chapter chair, which is a site rep there. And um, I organized a... Um, a um, big community forum. I had, we had over... 500 people, parents, after school in the auditorium. Wow. I had volunteers from other schools that said they'll watch the kids so you can talk to the parents. Wow. So they came in, broke out broke out rooms. They had rooms. They were playing with the kids. They were keeping them entertained. Yeah. You know, and these are teachers from other schools you know, helping me out. And um, then I, ha- I had um, all colleagues in, in a grade level, kinder parents, go in that room. They're going to talk to you. And then I had first grade, second, you know, I had them all, all the kids, all the parents went to their separate rooms and we got input and it was about making a school plan. What's your mission statement? What do you think our school should have? And so getting that uh, feedback from them, um, that was our first one. And we did another um, community forum that based on your data, we shared, you know, this is what we want. So really bringing in the parents um, and uh, getting that buy-in and then Anyways, we were, um, and I did other like other things like that. And we and at the end of the year, we had a big celebration. Anyways, we we um, 
fought them off that year. They didn't pull the parent trigger. They were not organized enough. Um, they tried to get another organizer on top of that, work the community. And then that's when I got on the um, Pacoima Neighborhood Council because they were going around trying to get city council. They're trying to get all these elected officials, you know I mean, trying to organize school board members. And so I got uh, political, and that's an elected position. Um, 75,000 people live in Pacoima. You have to get elected to that. And so I got elected on that. And um, I got with my girlfriend um, at the time. She was uh, from Pacoima, born and raised, her, her family. And uh, anyways, I ended up being with her like, I don't know, eight years or something like that. We even lived wow. together, you know. And, um, so you don't have to commute that much anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and so, well, check this out. And so um, I was like, how come nobody's like organized? Like I come from um, South Central. We, we're organizing out there. Like, you know, that's what we do out there. And so um, <clears throat> I was like, there's no organizer. Like, we're, like, where's your groups out here? How can a, how can a um, out-of-towner paid organizer come in here and manipulate the parents? Like, there needs to be some, like, what's going on? You know, I'm talking to the teachers and, and all that. And so I was like, I want to buy a house in Pacoima. And that's where I bought my first house. And, and I bought it because I want to be a community organizer, not oh, wow. because the value, oh, I'm going to make some money. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was all about, um, I want to be planted in that community you know, so I can have that credibility. Like I'm from this community, like get, you know, yeah. uh, paid organizers, outsiders out, you know what I mean? And so, um, I was able to do that. And so, so you actually had two houses. Well, so that, no, I sold that. We sold that condo. I took my half and, um, oh, this is one. my, under my name, my house in Pacoima. That was my house, raggedy house, um, completely gutted it and remodeled. I had help from my uncles, and so. Oh, so you moved from was it Montebello? Montebello to Pacoima. To what year it, was that? That was uh, 2013. Okay, so. okay, good. got it. Wow, so you actually created a movement. Yeah, yeah. So I was only at that school for one year, but I had so much love though from that school. Wow, it, I mean, oh shoot. my goodness! You, you know transformed I mean? yeah, it. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Wow. And so I was like solid in that community, and uh, even had like parents and. Um, some, I found uh, like a really good organizer parent and she told me, Hey, they're organizing at this park over there. So we roll through the park deep and like educate yeah. parents. Like what you, you guys, you know, you, you paid organizing, you guys need to leave. And this is what these are all about. Don't listen to them. You know, I'm a, I'm president of the Pacoma neighborhood council, you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah. throwing my weight around there yeah. and I live right here, to, you know, so you're like the organizer king. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. And so, uh, anyways, did all that. We did some like amazing, I, you know, I, I can go on and on about like stories I did in Pacoima, like organizing, yeah. like I got really involved and met, um, some, some good organizing groups actually out there and became part of them. And, uh, yeah, it, it was great. Um, but always in the back of my mind, when I first moved there, uh, the weather was eight degrees warmer than regular LA. Wow. And so that San Fernando heat was killing me, you know what I mean? And so I was doing construction, so you got to cut outside. So, you you know, I mean, you got to go in and out the house. Yeah. And so that sun was draining me. And that's when I got homesick. And it's a bedroom community. And I missed L.A., you know what I mean? Yeah. It was very um, lively and, you know, so much more going on there. And I was like, what you guys do out here? Like, we go to house parties, you know, house party. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I don't know people that, <laughs> who got house parties. So I'm stuck you know there's no yeah. bars around here like you know so that's when i was like man i want to go home michigan city the bay um yeah and and um so anyways i went to this other school over there um again i try to go under the radar like i'm not a, involved with a union site rep yeah and um 
you know, they had a union rep, but I wasn't going to say anything. And um, I don't know how they found out, but they asked me to be the union rep there. And I became the union rep because I was involved with the PTA there and the school site council. And um, and I, I don't know how they they needed someone, too. And so I, I stepped into that role, very casual, you know, I mean, under the radar. But then um, the strike came around, you know, I mean, and that's when I... You know, so here's the thing is um, why I was so effective is because whenever there's a crisis, that's what brings people together. And yeah. so in my other school, uh, when I got hired, and that's a good story, too, why I got hired there, too. Um, but so I got hired. We had a good principal. that Everybody liked him. You know what I mean? So so they got along. So only when people are in crisis, there's a conflict where people come together. And so people were not coming together because there was no cry. There was no nothing to bring people together. No issue. Mm-hmm. Um, until the strike though. And so the strike happened and, um, and I, I told them that weekend. So I did a press conference. I said, we're going to do, and what's hard is, um, people were involved with the union. You know, they don't want to help out. Like that's, a, that's a union thing. That's not yeah. us. And so anyways, how do you bring people together? And so, I brought people together. That, that's so hard to do when, when there's no issue to bring people together. And right. uh, I told them, I said, look, nobody wants to go on strike. And so what we're going to do is we're going to do a trial um, rehearsal. We're going to have speakers. We're going to do this, this, this. And um, we're going to have our chance. Here's our chance we're going to do. And I called the press conference, too. Wow. And we got on the news, too. And I rolled my truck up. The back of the truck dropped it down. And we had our speakers. We had a speaker out there. Had uh, my colleagues, kids. They were speaking and uh had our other speakers we had our chants and you know and we had practicing i made them practice marching with a with a picket sign yeah. and um so they did that and they put that on film like look how look how serious um united teachers los angeles are they're practicing you know so they ran that wow. story mm-hmm. and um but anyways come in training camp yeah yeah and so um and then i had like a, a picket sign making we did that and so monday rolls around and uh, we're going on strike, you know what I mean? And it's pouring in L.A., major pouring going on. Yeah. So anyways, they came out and, um, had, uh, you know, I just was so organized. And I had my partners, my teams, we were so organized. And um, we did our march, and it was pouring. And um, it was such a blessing, though, to have that rain, you know, even though it was so hard, though, like yeah. pouring down you in the thicket and miserable. And... Uh, then we marched down to downtown. We had 50,000 in the street. You know, I mean, 50,000 people? 50,000 people in the wow. street. You know, While I mean, it was raining. While it was raining. It, and wow. it was so graphic, too. The rain coming down. We're you're just marching, just struggling. <laughs> we got our signs, you know. And uh, the city shut down. And so, like I said, the blessing was the rain. You know, parents, a lot of parents don't take their kids when it's raining. Yeah. Sometimes at school. And so they stayed home. Like, um, But what was cool, that first day, I remember this one parent... Um, we're like come on let's go and she got in the car and she went and i lost everybody but just that parent me and her <laughs> we were like she was people falling down we're picking them up and just we, we knew we had to get to downtown we knew we had to get to the main district office um and um yeah and so we made it there and just me and her you know she helped me, she was helping me out and yeah it was just a, such a great experience then we come back and do picketing you know and uh, with our marches we had our chance and we were so good um yeah and it was, it was such a um beautiful thing and so that happened like every day we do stuff like that and um and uh what was i gonna say oh when i came home it was like i worked a construction job i was so tired exhausted oh like and then uh 
just exhausted. Then I wake up super excited. Let's do it again. You know, I'm mean, just super yeah. pumped up. Like, we're going to do it again. That's how you um, know it was your passion. You're passionate yeah. about it. So, I, yeah, you put me in a street. I'm, I'm a freak yeah. out there. You yeah. know, <laughs> they say when a, when a man finds his purpose, he comes alive. Yeah. So I was alive during that strike. Oh, my goodness. That was, yeah. that was so good. And then um, one of the other highlights also was um, everybody was together. It was kind of clicky at my school, but they brought, we were together. We were breaking bread together. Went out to um, lunch together. Man, it was it was great. And the city, you know, I mean, that, that was one time in L.A. where we ran the city. You know, I mean, we were the mm-hmm. gods of the city. You know, I mean, we were getting free food. Um, man, it was great, you know, giving, you know, free rides, free metro. It was great, though. We were, we were running the city. Um, but my highlight was um, we did a protest at the um, our local for our local school board. She was sitting on her hands like, where are you at on the strike? Let's end this. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. so we called her out. We we, we organized a um, a protest um, in front of her office. And I even um, so I had at least 500 people out there, you know, I mean, had my speakers again and um, rolled up up on the illegally and had my truck again, dropped <laughs> it, had two speakers pouring again and um and yeah we you know somebody did facebook live and she was watching it the whole time but at the end of the day she came out in support of us and so you know so stuff like that so you know strikes matter um yeah the all the little things that happened during that the mayor garcetti was in the middle he let us use the office for negotiations and we got every single thing we wanted and it wasn't about money we got you know a nurse at every school uh social workers psychologists uh, we had some for special ed. We had class size reduction. You know, it was like everything. Our kid, uh, green space for kids. You know, what I mean, when I did that soccer league, it was all cement. You know, I mean, there was no grass the kids wow. would play on. Yeah. Um. So stuff like that. Community schools, like so much stuff we got. LA's a lot like that though. It just seems like you've always been in the right place at the right time as far as crisis goes in your career. And or, remember, or some would say the wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was the right place. Yeah, no, I, I think so, too. I think so, too. But, you know, it's funny because you, you, you mentioned you read Malcolm X's book in the beginning of the podcast. You're kind of like becoming like a Malcolm X, a Martin Luther of the, the education system mm-hmm. down there in Southern California. It's kind of it kind of seems like that's your that's mm-hmm. your like you you lit up when you started talking about marches and 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 things for good you know mm-hmm. which is pr- which is pretty awesome um so now you decide hey i want to go back to the bay area so now you're coming back to the bay how'd that all go down um let's see hmm well so broke up with a girlfriend living with a girlfriend um broke up like I had no excuse now why I can't go back to the Bay Area. Right. You know I mean, like she would, she didn't want to go. Like she wasn't having it, and so uh, she was Pacoima. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so she was Pacoima, and um, so, anyways, uh, that year I knew the beginning of the year, like this is my year. You know, it's now or never. Um, because I was placed, and I got elected. You know, those are other stories where I got elected into my union and different. Um, different uh races as far as like uh state delegate national delegate i ran you know for for all these other things and got those um so i was lined up to be successful in the in the union and officer this is a full-time job you're a full-time officer and um and so i was set up for that or i was set up for the state delegate um i was on that path and the only thing i could like think of is like the only regret i would have you know i mean 
is not so much getting that job like man you can have that my you know people tell me like dude you're lined up for that like what this is a dream like your career yeah. is set you all you got to do is that um so i wouldn't have any regrets not getting that but i would have regrets not spending time with my family you know my my parents are getting old um nieces and nephews done grown up or adults now you know i'm drinking at the bar but the, you know they don't know <laughs> like you know, we just know you from the summer hanging out yeah. or the holidays yeah. um so but if i lost one of my parents you know i mean that would be the yeah. bi- biggest regret of my life like dude you, you know i mean you were gone the whole time in la and so like so that's why i came back you know i mean for for family, family. like i that would be a regret if i you know especially during this pandemic you know what i mean yeah. like you you just you know what's important in life and what's important in life is your family and your health and you know that's all i want you know what i mean you can forget all those other kind of titles or anything um wealth and it, it's just all about family and health and so i'm back you know what i mean this is where i'm i'm right place right time yeah mctube you know so yeah and then you mentioned your family right so you so you, you come from a biracial family uh, talk a little bit about that uh, yeah, so so growing up um, in Union City, the, uh, I can't tell you how diverse it is and how rich in culture it is. You know, has historically uh, so much significance in in Union City. Um, you know, we knew. I, I know uh, folks out there. You know that hey, let's go try this one restaurant. You know, I mean, ooh, this is you know they're. Growing up like that at our potlucks in school, you know, I mean, we we had the curry, we had the lumpia, we, you know, I mean, it yeah. wasn't chic, you know, I mean, yeah. ooh, try it, you yeah. know, like we know about that stuff, you know, because as Union City, we were just surrounded and emerged in so many um, cultures, and so um, that's Union City to me, you know, and we we knew each other's bad words and everybody's language, you know, what yeah. I mean, so um, um, just really appreciative of that. Um, in Union City, having having that background, and so I was biracial, and so um, I'm on the the lighter skin of things, and so I know when I was younger, my hair was really light, and mm-hmm. so um, same here. So I got questioned, you know, I mean, hey, white boy, or you know, widow, yeah. and this, like, you know, I'm Mexican, and so um, <clears throat> I really um, adhere to my Mexican side, you know, I mean, because that's yeah. what it was. Mostly people of color is very the the white folks would get messed with, you know, I mean, they, and so like my uncle um who lives in dakota would fight all the time because he's blonde hair yeah. and it, you know what i mean and people fight him all the time you know yeah, what so I mean? try to test him yeah, yeah. miklo yeah. Out of color. Yeah, yeah it's the way you think and, and the way you live it's right <laughs> right and so um yeah you get messed with in, in that area but i um um so going out i was kind of um not ashamed of my mom but um like when they see you like oh you are white look at your mom yeah, you know yeah. but i know being with my dad like my dad's dark mustachio really yeah. uh, exemplified chicano you know what yeah. i mean and so i was so proud of my dad like yeah it's, it's my yeah I'm, you know kind of <laughs> verify i'm mexican you yeah. see and so um that's where that came from in my senior year it's uh so funny you had to do a um it was called Chihonky for, uh, I'm sorry, my, my last year of college, you had to do a dissertation on that. And so that was my project writing about um, Mexican-American and white. You know, I mean, there's so many in this world. Um, and just the complexity of that, you know, I mean, you're, you're not accepted by one or the other. And just giving their um, perspective, my perspective, um, a, lot of, a lot of famous people, you know, Linda Carter, um, uh Catherine, she's wonder woman yeah and then we got uh daisy duke yeah. uh kathleen you got Bob. big big mike g in the future yeah we got yeah and yeah. then there's a couple Isaac other Estrada. ones yeah <laughs> right. we got we got a couple other ones Actually, out there half, but. 
Um, anyways, there, and I did a paper on that. And so it was just telling my story, what, you know, and pretty much what everybody goes through. They, yeah. um, so it's called, they're not really, yeah, call, yeah, I called it. That was my title. <laughs> that was your title. Okay. Yeah. Again, that's versus the, the smart Academy. Now Chi honky, <laughs> Chi honky. Yeah. yeah. It might catch on. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean that that that's it. Bi biracial, um, you're not. It's hard to fit in one or the other, you know. So, yeah. yeah, I I totally understand because you know I'm I'm not half, but my mom looks white, right? I have colored eyes, light skin, and it's weird because you're not accepted by either. You're not accepted by the white folks, and you're not accepted by the Hispanics. So I totally feel you on that one. So so i mean you're back in the bay area now you got a lot of stuff going on um how can people find you you know give yourself a little plug right now i, I know you're running for some stuff okay uh, mike g for new haven i'm running um our district in union city is called new haven um unified school district but it's uh m-i-k-e-g number four and then uh new haven no slashes on there if you want to go to my website, that's where it's at. So say it one more time. Mike G for New Haven dot com. Okay. Yeah. Can they find you like on any type of social media? Um, Instagram. Instagram. I mean, if you want to plug <laughs> I mean, it, that's fine. Or, not, yeah. or you want to keep yeah. it private. Well, I'm working on that. I'm working on that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so I'm very grassroots campaign. Um, I, and that's all. Another thing, I like a lot of people came in my life. I my um, first year of teaching, I, I met this. Uh, one teacher who went on um, and became the president of the school board of Los Angeles Unified. I just happened to be with him, and that's how I started my first um, leadership conference in, in UTLA uh, with him. He was campaigning, and he, he schooled me quick, though. My very first year, it's all about the school board. They're the ones making the decision. Don't think it's the superintendent. The school board can hold them accountable. We need to get people in there elected. And so right now, we need to, um, that's why I'm running. We got to hold our superintendent accountable. You know, he'll run wild. And so no rubber stamps. And that's what's going on right now. And so that's why I'm running, you know, so. Here in the Bay Area? Yeah. You can so see. you're now deep in the middle of another movement. Yes. Wow. School so. board race. And uh, another thing I'm passionate about is uh, school funding. We're ranked on the bottom 10 in the nation per pupil spending. Um, we're ranked 41 when I first started teaching was ranked 48 and per pupil spending. We were behind uh, Mississippi. Um, and the problem, Mississippi. Yeah. Wow. We don't spend it. We, here we are, California. You, you put yeah. us up with other countries, you know, I mean, um, France and we, you know, I mean, we, our economy is way better than them. You yeah. know, we're such, so strong and the richest, uh, state in the union. And yet we're struggling for, um, adequate um funding for our students per pupil spending mm -hmm. and so um i came up we, i've been working on solutions worked on the millionaires tax part of that coalition worked on make it fair prop 30 i was a full-time organizer for that prop 55 um and now it's called schools and communities first initiative it's uh, proposition 15 and so that's what I'm working on more as much as I want to get elected you know that's that's nice that's kind of selfish for myself I want um, to bring in $11.5 billion annually, and that's what Proposition 15 does, and it, and it uh, taxes um, commercial property, corporations. Proposition 13 was never intended. It was sold for residential. You know, I mean, it's going to keep grandma in. Um, it's not going to reassess every year. And so the loophole, it was never intended for corporations or commercial property. And so that's why we've been losing so much money is because they're not paying their fair share of taxes. 
And so that's what Prop 15 is going to do. And um, I need that to pass more than I need to get elected. So, okay. Yeah. Well, we want you to get elected as well. Yeah, so I want to go back to Maktub. Um, I don't know many people who's, who knows about that word and mm-hmm. where they got it from, which is my favorite book, The Alchemist. Awesome. Um, do you believe that your your life is already written for you? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. That's powerful. Um, well, just an example. Um, when I did my student teaching, the person I was paired with, um, she was the site rep, the union rep. Okay, so that's one connection. Um, and then, then when I was a student teacher, the person I was, I was uh, paired up, my, my, um, my teacher I worked with, he was the union rep. He was big in the um, UTLA. And then he introduced me to um, um, Eda Santiago, who became my best friend, like a sister in L.A. And, um, and she introduced me to um, Steve Zimmer, who became the um, president. And it was just like so many connections. Like, I, I mean, this world, you know, I mean, like is written like it, mm-hmm. you cannot write time, write place. And like, um, yeah, so that's why I believe it is so powerful, like. Thank you for this. You know, what I mean, so some of the worst things that you think that are like, you know, questioning God, why did this happen to me? Mm-hmm. Turned out to be the best things that happened. Like, thank, thank you for not letting me get that position or mm-hmm. or um, or failing at that because it, it opened the door to this. And so, um, I mean, it, it just I just always think that way. You know, so I mean, like and here's another example, too. Um, I always wanted to do it. And what really pulled the trigger, I was just going to come back and teach. But um I was sitting next to the guy who's um, from Union City, and I was asking him because they went on strike last year. And I said, um, "Hey, are you? Um, my parents live across the street from. They can put up a school sign. Who do you got for a school board that's running?" He goes, "Nobody. Shoot, I don't have anybody." I said, "Huh? If I move back, I can run." Absolutely. Let me take your number. You know, and so and so he got on it, and uh, I got on it, and so that's what really like sparked, and it just yeah. happened to be sitting next to him, and happened to ask and. Uh, and that's how I met him. So, like, wow, that you know, powerful. awesome. I think that that it, it, job's for you. It doesn't take time; you. it just takes alignment, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Mike, thank you so much thank for you. being here, thank man. You. This honor, was amazing. It's an honor. Yeah. It was special. Yeah. You know, I knew You're magic, actually our first magic was guest, happen right? Here, yeah. you know, so. uh, and thank you guys for tuning in. This was amazing. Uh, make sure you check us out on YouTube. This is a video podcast as well at the Bliss Seekers, and check us out on Instagram at Bliss Seekers and. Uh, you know, make sure you like, subscribe, and, and, and smash the notification bell. But again, thank you, Mike. Uh, please help him out. Go out there and vote for Profit Prop 15. And uh, as always, follow your bliss. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Our goal, as always, is to become the number one podcast in the world. And uh, make sure to subscribe if you haven't done so already. And make sure you share this with three of your friends. And if you like our song, our intro song, please check out my good friend, uh, Maroni Silva's band, A Dead Desire, on YouTube. That song is called The Mantra. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you guys on the next one. And as always, follow your bliss.